Hey everyone, welcome to the Practica Podcast, where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. My name's Josh, and I'm here with Mr. David. I get intro I'm music back. this week. I'm yeah, back. You're, you're back. Yeah, I wanna I wanna go on record by thanking Colton Maloney for uh, filling in for me last week. Uh, I liked the chemistry you guys had. I thought it was great. The dad jokes were subpar as normal, yeah, but yeah. okay. I have, I have a, I have a beef with you though. Okay. I have oh, a beef I didn't with do, you. I didn't you, do you dad mentioned. jokes. No, I know, I know. And and part of the reason was was uh, or, or, or something that you said in the in the podcast last week was that you don't think Josh gets most of the dad jokes. You said that, and I want to go on record. It's not that I don't get them. I I am my mental faculties are working very well. Thank you. <laughs> it's that I don't think they're laugh worthy, and that's what I meant. And though. there's and there's a difference. No, no, no. But 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 those are, those those are two very different things. Not getting something versus not thinking something's funny. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's a dad joke, so it almost feels like you <sighs> need to be around that like childlike corniness so often. But I talk just... to you all the time. I feel like that. I feel like <laughs> that's your in. That's my in. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I, I. Every time I hang out with you, it's like getting like like that like shot into my veins. <laughs> that's true. I do tell these jokes mostly to my children. So that's fair. That's fair. So I get a lot of laughs, and then and then it's not funny. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, thank you for uh, giving me the week off. I was deathly Absolutely. sick. Yeah. I was not feeling good, and uh, I am better this week, thank the Lord. Glad to hear um, it. But uh, I also enjoyed having Colton there too I thought that was really cool I thought yeah. uh, I think I think it's a cool thing when we can kind of mix it up and you know people can hear from other voices and it's not just me and you the whole time yeah I think it's, I think, I think it's fun absolutely well in next month you're uh, you're gonna be preaching so I am. so I'm yeah. I'm even hopeful that in mixing that up that you know maybe even maybe even it's just you and Colton maybe maybe oh. I'll let you guys have the conversation Come on into the gladiator pit, Colton. <laughs> we'll throw you all the hard questions. <laughs> yes, it'll be good. I love it. Well, love hey, it. Well, I, speak. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just gonna say. Speaking of dad jokes, <laughs> I had one. for Oh, you, you do. I do. I, I have a couple, Look. and I feel like they're really good. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then we will we will share a few together. How okay, about that? That's perfect. Right. Go ahead. All right. I love it. Okay. All right. All right. Here's here's the first one. My wife said I should do some lunges to stay in shape. I told her that'd be a big step forward. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's still on the borderline of a dad joke. Like, in some way, that's not funny, but it's so corny, it's funny. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, all right. Well, listen, my boss told me that as a security guard, it's my job to watch The Office. And I'm on season six, but I'm still really not sure what it has to do with security. <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's awesome. I like that. that well uh, done. Well that's a good one. So here's another yeah. one. This is my okay. last one. So I'm starting a business. Yeah. I'm going to start a business to, sh- to teach short people math. And it's called okay. Making the Little Things Count. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so good? <laughs> That's great. That one's that one's not bad at all. I, I feel like today I've redeemed myself. <laughs> that one's that one's good. I Only in jokes, like not in salvation. So everybody, calm yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
I like that. Yeah. All right. We're going to well, end on go. that one. That one was really good. Well <laughs> yeah. done. Well done there. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my eye out yourself. for some better yeah. <laughs> uh, for some better jokes from now on. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I yeah, man, it's got to have that little twinge of like it hits you where you're not expecting. Right. Yeah. Like the little the little turn of phrase, the little maybe, maybe a little dark humor. Uh, you know, I, I love it. It's it's hilarious. And that's what like that's what's so hard about those <laughs> jokes is they almost have to like they kind of have to like a little bit make fun of yourself. Which yeah, I, oh yeah, 100%. which I honestly I love that kind of humor because it it forces us to be a little bit lighthearted and not take ourselves so serious. Exactly. Which I feel yeah. like you know, next to certain theological studies, that should be a study for every Christian. Okay, now remember, yeah. here's why you need to not take yourself so serious. Right. So jokes like that are fantastic. I absolutely agree. Yeah. All right, David. Well, you guys crossed the threshold into chapter three this week. We did. Verses one through three. Correct. All right. So, um, well done. Well done persevering through chapter two. It was a beast. It was a big chapter. And now um, we're going to persevere through chapter three. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, why don't I uh, read the passage for us this week and then give us a little synopsis and then i don't think we have any questions this app so this app might don't. be a little shorter which is fine because uh, both david and i got stuff to do uh, but we're just gonna we're gonna give our thoughts and um uh, application for this passage and then let y'all go on to your week all right all right here we go first john chapter three verses one through three say this see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of god and so we are The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. Amen. So, David, why don't you give us a little synopsis of what the uh, the the sermon was uh, this this week, and then we'll we'll hop into application. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we examined verses one through three, we we kind of got into the middle of two focuses in uh, in exposition. Uh, often, what I've told many of our people is that at times. Um, an exposition is focused on here's what you need to know, and then other ac- uh, applications or, or expositions will be focused on here's what you need to do. And mm-hmm. in these couple short verses, John seems to uh, bring us both. Here's what you need to know, and then in light of what you know, here's what you need to do. And I really like those expositions because in it, um, what I found from Sunday was that it was really in the beginning and really in the middle even of the exposition, the heart of it was to encourage believers, remind believers of the glorious return of Christ, the hope that we have in Christ. And then in light of Christ's return and the hope of his coming, um, the reality of how we are then to seek to be pure. And so in the exposition, we really looked at how we are children of God who will be like Christ as we are made pure as Christ is. And so, of course, first we looked at, as John says, what kind of love the Father has shown to us, what kind of love the Father has given to us. Um, I mentioned to 
a brother on Saturday while interacting with him that really um, verses 28 through verse 3 almost seems like the apostle's commentary on his prologue. Um, mm-hmm. And in the Gospel of John, and so John really makes the point that um, Christ appeared, he received those who believed in his name, and he gave them the right to become children of God, who were born not of anything of the flesh or our own will, but of God. Um, And so in that was a profound application that we are loved by God as his children. And so there is a fundamental, very theological and and um, a, a change in, in nature, essentially, um, that while we still wrestle with the flesh, we are uh, born uh, anew in Christ. And so out of that, we are loved uh, by the Father um, as the Father loves the Son. And so I really, in the first point, really tried to focus on um, the reality of what it means to be a child of God yeah. and, the, and the profound... Um, hope that we have in that that you know mm-hmm. God is not like a, a, a little girl sitting on a hill with a with a, a flower saying he loves me he loves me not and and we have to have this fear of maybe that he's going to end on he loves me not but right. he has fundamentally changed us and because of that change in us um, we are forever loved by the Father. And so John is encouraging us in that and saying, this is why you're nothing like the world. Um, I brought up verse 10 of how we're not the children of the devil, we're the children of God. And so in that, John points us forward. He's talking about, here's what's already true, and here's what's not yet come to pass. And that's kind of the eschatological uh, focus in the apostles. They'll often bring up that tension. Here's what's already true. You know, Paul talks about in Ephesians 1 how the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But you get down to the end of Ephesians 1, and John's talking about here's what is true, here's what's not yet come to pass. And so we have the reality that we're children of God, we're forever loved, but then we also look forward to when we'll be changed, we'll be like Christ, we'll be in glorified bodies. And not that yeah. we not that we are then uh, perfect now, um, or that later we will be uh, gods, <laughs> we don't believe that, but that we will be like um, our brother, Jesus Christ. Um, and so we'll be in a resurrected body. And so in light of that, our whole focus in this life is to not be focused on uh, carnal safety or carnal freedoms, but on the hope of Christ having a right focus on him and and understanding that those who hope in Christ need to purify themselves. And so the conclusion of the exposition was really us talking about how do we purify ourselves? Um, And there's some great application for us to get into, but essentially in the sermon, I brought up how the purification that John's talking about is ceremonial. Um, And just as someone would purify themselves before coming to the Passover meal, believers are to purify themselves now as they prepare for that great wedding feast um, in eternity at the marriage supper. Mm -hmm. And so really we we look to the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and we seek to put off defilements of the body and the spirit, which is Paul's language in 2 Corinthians 7. And so we really ended 
on the big question that that I would say even can govern our time today, which is, are we growing in Christ, in his likeness, his word, and his purity? How do we uh, grow in Christ? And so that's really maybe a helpful question for us to, to look at. Well, and I think it's important to understand, and I mean, you you already said this, but we are called to grow in Christ. We're called to purify ourselves. We're called to live by the standard of the Word, right? Basically, everything opposite that the world does. But what John does here, right at the beginning, is he gives us our motivation and our reason for doing that. Right. Right? Right? If we have not been loved by God, and he has not given himself to us through the person of Christ, there's no motivation to live. Uh, uh, well, that's not true. The only motivation would be out of fear, right? And the only motivation would be trying to justify ourselves, trying to live in a means that 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 somehow pleases God through our own effort, right? But because God has loved us, because he has given us Jesus, because the gospel is real and the gospel is true, that desire and that striving that we have to purify ourselves is now now able to come from a pure and a correct motive instead right. of us trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get our acts together, right? We purify ourselves and we seek to kill the flesh, make war with the flesh, and embrace even greater the likeness of Jesus Christ because God has loved us and because we love him, right? He right. loved us first and we love him back through following him, being thankful, sharing the gospel, living lives that are according to scripture, right? And I think when we look into our society today, it just becomes more and more evident that we live in a culture that is just, it is completely consumeristic. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a culture that only cares about itself. It's a culture that as, as we're seeing with like, um, you know, the, all the, everything going on with um, Roe v. Wade and all that stuff that, that we have individuals that are literally crying in the streets, wailing in the streets because the right to kill their unborn child has been taken away. Yeah. That's the world we live in. It's dark. Yeah. (laughs) And it's demonic and it's evil and it's in great need of redemption and restoration. And that can only come through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. So we need to be very, very um, vigilant, I think, as Christians that we are living lives that not only show the truth that is within us, but also speak it, also proclaim it, also uh, you know, speak it with our, with our mouths and not just rely on our actions and our words to be the thing that somehow draws people to Christ, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree that I think verse 1 there um, becomes... Uh, really the thematic point of how we apply everything else in in chapter 3 especially. Um, I had told a brother when we were talking about the exposition that, you know, thinking of it in light of how a father responds to a son is very important. You know, if I tell tell my oldest son, Micah, hey, I want you to go take out the garbage, um, I'm not thinking in order for him to be or remain a son. I'm thinking because you are my child, because you are part of my family, and this is what we do to take care of these things in order to do these, we do these works. I want you to grow in the discipline of taking care of these things because this is how our family functions. This is how we act. This is what we do. And I think in 
in uh, in the Christian world, it's fascinating when you start talking about, um, you know, purification or or how we grow in holiness. Often you hear that Christians confuse justification and sanctification. They can, yeah. they confuse those two. That yes, we are justified by our faith, but then we do not do works to maintain a justification. We we have been. Uh, justified. If we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Therefore, we go about this life in a in a different way. And I think that even becomes important as we, you know, go to the next exposition the following week um because John's going to first begin in verse 4 by saying um those who practice sin are lawless. Um they are they are of they are ignoring or doing doing damage in their life uh, in opposition to the moral law of God. And yeah. so in that, we have to understand we are children of God who then are, are motivated out of, that, uh, out of that identity, out of that promise, out of that truth, to then purify ourselves. And so when we examine the question, I think, of are we growing in Christ, I think we need to really examine what in our life still remains uh, untouched or or unlike Christ. Yep. You know, that's why yep. Peter says, be holy as he is holy. Uh, right. That is both an Old Testament and a New Testament command. So I think that becomes really important in our in our lives is to really acknowledge are there are there things in our life that do not reflect who Christ is? There's either, obviously, I think, a way in which we're not looking to Christ, hoping in Him, or there's a way in which we're not seeking to be like Christ. Yeah. I think it's important that we as Christians know how to go through that process of identifying in ourselves what those things are, right? And I think that's something that... um, I think that's something that... Modern evangelicalism, if you want to call it that, which again, that I mean, how do you even define that, right? But the the vast, like, I think, I think a lot of churches out there don't, and a lot of Christians out there, I don't think understand how to evaluate their lives in that way, right? And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Either they just they've never been taught or they don't want to, or they're so enamored by the standards and poles of the world that we live in that it just kind of like, they don't even think about it. Right. There's, there's a lot of reasons why that can happen, but you're a hundred percent right. If we're going to be effective in this world that we're in for Christ, we have to look like Christ. We have to live lives that act like him, speak like him, think like him. Right. And it's important that, we understand the more of you there is in you, the less there will be of Jesus. Hmm. And the opposite is true. The more of Jesus that is in your life, the less there will be of you. And that's the ratio we want. We want us to be, we, we want the cry of John, to, John the Baptist to be, to be our cry, that I must decrease and he must increase, right? Yeah. That is what we should be seeking to do as Christians, right? And it's important that we know how to do that. I think one of the ways that we engage in that, it's not the only way, but I think it helps, is we need to have a firm grasp on theology. We need to know who God is. Because we don't know who God is, we don't know who Jesus is, we don't know what it is that we're trying to look like. (laughs) Right. Right? And you brought it up, God is holy. 
right? Something that I love about um, the late, the late great uh, R.C. Sproul, uh, and something that he taught me early on in my life, which I was grateful for, is that when we think about God, we must primarily, first and foremost, think of Him as holy. He's separate. He is. He is different than us, and everything falls under His holiness. Right, and that to me opened my mind and blew my mind up to one who God is, how much different he is from me, the depravity of man and why I need the gospel and how good the gospel is, right? Yeah. So in that little bit of theology that R.C. Sproul taught, it shattered in a good way my view of everything that I had believed, and I came to, a, I believe, a more biblical understanding of how good and glorious and great and needed the gospel is, because God is holy, right? It's why we preach the wrath of God in the gospel, right? If God is not wrathful, if there's no punishment for sin, the gospel's not needed. Why do we need it, right? It, 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 we have to understand correct theology. We under, need to understand who God is. Right. But we need to also understand that that primarily comes through the Holy Spirit utilizing the Word of God in our life, yeah, right. And uh, there's there's many other aspects that I think I think we can get into, but we have to be word saturated Christians. Yeah, we have to be individuals. We have to be people that live and breathe the Scriptures, right? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is going to use as the change agent in your life to call out things that need to be called out. And to affirm things that need to be affirmed. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's, I think, something that we cannot, we can't underemphasize. Excuse me, we can't overemphasize that. Like, like it, 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 it can't be overemphasized. You can't emphasize it enough um, that we must have the Word of God in our lives. Yeah. Right? Um, what's another way, David, that we can begin to identify the things in our life that should that can and should be affirmed, but that also should be ripped out and replaced with Christ. Yeah. It's a really valuable question. I mean, thinking of practical application, the the Puritans would often talk in regards to the whole man, they would often talk mm. about um, examining themselves in regards to three, I guess you could say spheres, three categories. Uh yeah. time, talents, and treasures. And so I think taking the old 80s wristband statement, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And examining your time, your talents, and your treasures um, becomes a very simple, practical application. Because I think often um, it's very easy for us to be inwardly focused. Um, And and because of that, we, we become unaware in, in almost a, a numbness. So when we look at our time, I think if we ask, how would Christ utilize this time? I think we have some simple answers in the Gospels. Um, he's in prayer often. He's with his disciples. He's proclaiming the Gospel. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. Um, how should we view our talents um, the, the gifts God's given us, which are for the church, for the edification of believers. How are we using our treasures? Um, how are we using our resources, our finances? Are there those in the body that have needs? Again, I think we can so easily become inwardly focused 
that the problem is we can't see any needs or any need for sanctification yeah. two feet in front of us. And I say that mm-hmm. not as a rebuke to others, but as, as something of which um, I have to wrestle with all the time. And I, and so I think, you know, I said earlier that this exposition I think is wonderful because it deals with both what do we need to know and what do we need to do. And so yep. if we're going to assess if we're growing in Christ and how to grow in Christ— well, man, we first need to know the true and biblical gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and so you have to you have to deal with the reality that that God is holy, that mm-hmm. God is wrathful towards sinners who reject Him, um, and that God is love. That God is He has placed the redeemed sinner in His love, and that they are then abiding in Christ and are to bear much fruit in and through Him. And so you yeah. even, I mean, honestly, Ephesians 1 is essentially and is a working out of that. So here's who mm-hmm. you are prior to Christ. Here's how who you are because of God's divine work, putting you in Christ, making you alive. And then you have 8 through 10. So it's by grace. You can't boast about that. Even any work you do has not been a work of which you bring about in yourself, but actually you are God's workmanship created in Christ. So even Amen. even the works of which we go about, if we're to examine our time, treasures, and talents, we have to be rooted in in who and what we know. So if we if if we know Christ, we truly know the gospel, even the works we go about doing are not to stir up a type of affection by God for us. No, yeah. God already does love us. Look at the kind of love, uh, John says. I think that's a really important thing. So in order to live in light of the gospel, you have to know the gospel. Yep. And and I think examining our time, our treasures, and our talents against how Christ has in his earthly ministry and even in his interceding on the throne in the heavenly place, um, I, I think examining how Christ is using his time, his talents, and his treasures, and then how we are to live in the way in which he lived. That's an, that's an important application. That'll take you years, if, if, oh, if not yeah. the, our lives. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely a lifetime, but 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 there's nothing more worthy to do, right? Right, and it's what we're called to do as Christians. And and I think I think another primary another primary way that we root these things out, and we'll probably close with this because we both got to go. Never underestimate the work that can be done in your life through the work of God's people. Mm. And I know this is something David and I harp on a lot, but there's a reason. Yeah. One of the primary ways that God will make you more like Jesus is through the people of Jesus, your local church, your brothers and sisters that have covenanted with you to be in relationship with you, to be your accountability, to be your encouragement, your elders who have pledged to lead you and love you and shepherd you, God's people are such a primary way that God uses to root out sin in our lives and to make us more like Jesus. And this is done through personal one-on-one discipleship. This is done through discipline when needed. This is done through encouragement. This is done through service to your local church. The more that you can give, and and this is something that we talk about in counseling a lot, is if somebody's struggling with self-focusedness, right? Which to a degree we all do, right? But if it's if the, if it's a if it's a true, uh, you know, <clears throat> habitual sin with somebody that this is just a pattern in their life, right? 
it is extremely hard to be self-focused when you are serving other people. Right. It is a fantastic way to root that out. Right. And we need to understand that we as Christians, we are shaped and molded ultimately through the spirit. But God uses his people to do it. Right. And we need his people. Yeah. We need the local church. We need the accountability. We need the encouragement. This isn't just Sunday mornings. This is your small groups. This is your Bible studies. This is calling up your brothers and sisters in the church throughout the week, sending them the text. How are you doing? What's going on? How can I pray for you? Let's get together for you know, you know, coffee or whatever it is you want to get together for, right? It's there are so many ways that we can be influential in each other's life for this. That I I believe it is I believe it's part of the design that yeah. look none none of us are meant to do this Christian life on our own. There's no lone wolf Christians, and if there are, they're in danger, right? Yeah. Um, and we need to understand that Christians are meant to live in community. That's how yeah. we were designed. That's how we were created, and that sin is very hard to keep hidden when you are truly living transparently and 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 in a in a true community setting with your brothers and sisters. Yeah, in the conclusion of the exposition, you know, I I reminded everyone how, you know, Colton's exposition of verse 28 and 29 in chapter 2 is not at all disconnected or divorced from our exposition last week. And John told us there, children of God practice righteousness. And, And we concluded on how through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, God has profoundly given us everything we need to purify ourselves. And yeah. and exactly what you just said, we are not individual children. Uh, we're not yeah. an only child in the family of God. We are we are to purify ourselves alongside those who are seeking to be pure. And that that makes it more difficult for some of us because that's vulnerable, that's challenging, but it's absolutely necessary. And so as we think about how we are growing in Christ, we have to remember that God is with us. We are his children. And we also need to remember that there are defilements of this world and in the flesh that we are to put off and to be growing in Christ. And so that's that becomes an important thing, even as we further deal with those who are not living in light of the gospel and not living according to God's moral law. And so that's Amen. what's definitely to come in verse 4 through 6 this Sunday. There we go. Love it. Ah, well good done, stuff. Man. Very good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. I uh, hope that this was encouraging to you, whether you go to Redeemer or not. Uh, we hope that uh, um, it just spurs you on to ultimately be more like Christ, but also invest more in your local church uh, and to further apply the truths of Scripture to your life in a deeper way. We thank you guys for listening. You can catch us on all the socials at PracticaPod. Head on over to www.practicapod.com or is it PracticaPodcast? I'm never pra- going to know. <laughs> it's PracticaPod.com. There it is. You can submit questions through there. If you have questions for us, we love we love answering questions. And actually, if we can make most of the podcast answering people's questions, that we actually really enjoy that. Yeah. So, um, as you think of them, send them over. We really appreciate it. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Practica Podcast. Have a good week. Bye.